I remember he gave uh, Hindi lectures in Nagpur at the Gita uh, <coughs> Bhavan, something like that. Gita, yeah, Gita Bhavan in Nagpur for one week. So he was very, very gifted speaker in uh, different languages. And uh, in this way he used to attract the attention of the public. Just like I was talking about this program in Bangalore, the Chamber of Commerce and Industry, Kenpigoda Road. The hall can contain about 1,000 people. Then outside the hall, there is also open space, see, for another 500 people left and right and behind. And then on the front side, there were some trees uh, in front of this uh, building, Chamber of, uh, Chamber of Commerce and Industry building. And during the program at that time, it was so full, everywhere full, that people had climbed in the trees to listen to Atfinanda Swami's lectures. So that much I can say. At that time, people maybe, they, they were more inclined to hear religious discourses and uh, there was not so much television as now. Of course, cinema was there, but I think there was not much television, and people were quite free. They, they used to spend their time for religious purposes. So they were very eager to hear from a Swami coming from America. That was a great attraction. We used to print leaflets, clearly stating that uh, the Eastern Society uh, will present a program with American and European disciples, so that was attracting the public. Uh, even in small places like Chirala, Chirala is not such a big city. Um, it's a big town, but not a big city. But there also we had a program, not less than 10,000 people came to our program. And then we had Nagarkirtan, and at Kutanda Sami used to put his uh, upper class, Uttariya, like this, and people used to offer puja and throw money in his Uttariya. Uh, so people actually were uh, very pious, very generous at that time. Um, I think now it would be different. If we have a program in such places, I don't think so many people could, can come now. Maybe 100, 200 people, maybe, but not 10,000 like at that time. That was very wonderful uh, reception. The population was much less. Uh, yes, it was also less. But now people are so busy in different things. They are not. Uh, I, they don't uh, spend time for religious purposes. They come to a temple by car. Now they give 100 rupees to have quick darshan. Immediately go back to Hyderabad. They have no time. No time. You showed Ananda and, and Guru Kripa, they were also traveling in South yes. India, and they were also quite sensitive. Before Chutananda Swami came to South India, um, Jasodananda and Guru Kripa were traveling together. They went to Bangalore, they went to Madras and some other places, and they enrolled a few life members on those uh, big cities of South India, um, especially just like uh, TVS Company, uh, Kasturi, uh, and then, uh, yeah, T 
TVS Company, what's his name? Uh, um, huh? I forgot his name. Sund- ah, Sundarajan. No? Sundaramaya? So the proprietor of TVS Company and also like uh, uh, this um, no, no, Hindu newspaper proprietor, I think Castuli. Mr. Castori at that time, he became a life member. And uh, <coughs> uh, some of the very prominent businessmen um, became life members. They had a, <laughs> they were very strong. I think maybe none of you have seen Yasodananda. Maybe you have seen Guru Kupa because now he's still coming to Mayapur Vrindavan. But Yasodananda, I think you have I not seen. I saw him recently in Udupi. Uh-huh. I met him in Udupi recently. Uh-huh. Very good. Very happy to hear Yasodananda coming to India again. So they, are, they were very, very quiet now. Nice, quiet. At that time, they were very, very strong preachers. When I say strong, I say also physically. <coughs> good speakers, not like Achutananda. Achutananda was number one. But physically and uh, their, uh, I mean, their appearance was very strong. No, very, you have seen Guru Kripa, how he's working with a danda in hand. So they used to come, no need of appointment to see these big people, big, big companies, at that time at least. No need of appointment. You just come to the company headquarters and you ask, <coughs> as a sadhu, no? <coughs> they ask, I want to see the proprietor. Okay, no problem. Immediately, they have access to the proprietor. So they come with their danda, and uh, they put their danda at the table. And so they present uh, Iskand and Srila Prabhupada, how he's preaching Sanatan Dharma throughout the world. And uh, they tell him, you are a very big man. <coughs> you have a big industry, big uh, business. You have a lot of money. So this is, we have our life membership. So they have the form. Now you just become life member. That's all. You just become life member. So that man, no, of course, generally he agrees. Then he puts his name, he gives money. Sometimes he may say, okay, I'll think over it and maybe next time when you come, <laughs> I will become life member. No, now you become member. They put their down, they bang their down down the table. Now you become life member. <laughs> so, little afraid. Like that, they enrolled many life members. And <laughs> that was really something. <laughs> they were like that. No, they're so strong. Uh, and also, one thing they did also, they went to many temples and uh, they learned uh, how to pronounce uh, Sanskrit. Atutanda Swami was so very good in Sanskrit pronunciation, but these two sannyasis, they learned how to recite the Sanskrit slokas with a South Indian style. They learned from the Sri Vaishnavas. And uh, when they came to Vrindavan uh, in uh, November 72, when Prabhupada was giving lecture, um, they started to recite Brahma Samhita in South Indian style. 
Tamil Krishna Goswami. He corrected him. He said, why do you have a dispute about this? What is the need to have a dispute about this? Rama means Ramachandra. Why not? It also means Balaram. You cannot say it means only Balaram. It means also Ramachandra. It means Parasuram. And if you see in the, one of the purpose of Sri Chaitanya Chaitamrita in the Adilila, where the discussion takes place about the potency of the holy name. Srila Prabhupada mentioned this episode from Hyderabad, for he does not mention the name of Tamil Krishna Goswami, but uh, Prabhupada writes in the purport that sometime back there was a dispute about the name Rama. So the sloka Chaitamrita, Chaitanya Chaitamrita, mentions clearly that Rama means, it may mean Balaram, it may mean Ramachandra. There is no difference between the two. So in this way, the Siddhanta was uh, written at that by Srila Prabhupada. So Tamal Krishna Goswami came in 71. He was the first one to preach in Hyderabad. Have a preaching party there. They met the governor of Andhra Pradesh. And then shortly afterwards, Subal Swami. I don't know if you have heard of Subal Swami. He's also from America, from the West Coast. He joined in 68 or something. So he was also sannyasi. He got a house from one of our life members, Mr. Y. Govindu, in Banjara Hills. So he was staying there for some time in 1971. I was very happy there. Then... Who was that? Uh, Subal Swami Subal. for Prabhupada to stay there. Subal no, Subal himself? Swami was staying there. So, when Jipularidi gave us the land in Abitz, at that time there was a choice. Do we take this land in the middle of the city or are we going to keep the house in Banjara Hills? Oh, that was donated, that house? Or? Yeah. But papers were not given. It was given to us for use. But officially, property was not transferred. So, uh, at that time, Tamal Krishna Goswami, in consultation with Srila Prabhupada, said that that house in Banjara Hills, not necessary. This place in center of the city, that is much more important because Srila Bhaktisinanta Saswati wanted that the preaching should be done from the city center. Banjara Hills is so far away, it is on the outskirts of the city. Who will come there? So Subhad Swami was very much disappointed because he liked the place. Finally, we took the place in Abitz. The same Subhal Swami was at the beginning in charge of our temple construction in Vrindavan. So Prabhupada had given him the responsibility to look after the construction. And uh, Subhal Swami was not happy. He told Sri Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I can't take it. It's impossible. I, can't, I cannot even change my rounds. Every five minutes now the workers are coming to me. I have to count how many cement bags are there. I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to go to market, this and that. 
I can't, I can't chant my japa. I can't do my sadhana. And Prabhupada told him, this is your sadhana. Why are you talking about chanting japa? Your sadhana is to construct this temple. But Prabhupada could understand, this person is not fit for the post. So then afterwards, Guru, uh, Guru Das Yamuna came. Uh, but that was change of management uh, at that time. So, <clears throat> when Prabhupada came to the Hyderabad temple, uh, when it was constructed, he saw it from the distance. And uh, he told Mahamsa, why did you build such a big temple? <laughs> Looking like Prabhupada surprised. Such a big temple. But Prabhupada liked the temple. He especially, um, he said, these deities are the most beautiful in all of his kind. Radha Madan Mohan. I remember <coughs> that when we opened the first temporary temple on the street side, some, we had spent uh, one and a half lakhs, one lakh rupees to build a small temple there. And <coughs> Palika Devi had gone to Jaipur to purchase the deities. And uh, they are ready-made. We didn't have to ask any order. Uh, generally, the deities are ordered. Then it takes uh, three, four months, six months. But there, Palika saw these deities, very large-sized deities, and she liked them very much. Immediately, she purchased uh, some 15,000 rupees at that time. So... <coughs> Deities were put and we started the puja. Then Prabhupada came. That was um, in uh, 74. Yeah. 74 April Prabhupada came. And uh, so Prabhupada came to the small temple and uh, he was outside and then the curtain opened. So Prabhupada had darshan of deity. Immediately he said, this is Radha Madan Mohan. So immediately he gave a name to the deities. Radha Madan Mohan. So we are very happy. When Prabhupada came to Tirupati Tirumala, he also gave a name to the deities. You know that? Tirumala. So in 76, August 76, at the time of opening, we had invited the endowments minister and the endowments uh, commissioner to come to uh, Iskand and meet Srila Prabhupada. They came, they are very uh, much impressed. They like Prabhupada very much. Very great respect they gave to Srila Prabhupada. So they stayed there for some time in the company of Srila Prabhupada. And Prabhupada had a very important message for them. Prabhupada said, Balaji's money is for Balaji. Not for development, economic development, or building non-drainage system, and so for industrial purposes. They are listening. They are listening like this. Prabhupada very strongly. Because at that time, part of the income from TDD was diverted for industrial development. At that time, Vengajau was sometimes now used to take money to give loan to industries. So Prabhupada came to know. He, he gave warning. Balaji's money, only for Balaji. 
So they invited Sri Prabhupada to come to Tirumala. So it was a grand reception. And they had given, they gave the best cottage to Sri Prabhupada and adjoining colleges to the other disciples. Sham Sundar Prabhu was there also. Some others. <coughs> and Prabhupada was invited to give a lecture in front of the main temple of Lord Venkateshwar. I forgot the name of the building, but uh, there was assembly hall, some big uh, function hall. Now it has been removed or destroyed by the executive officer, unfortunately. And uh, to make some space. Now it looks like a cricket field. So, Prabhupada gave a lecture there. And we show so film, Hare Krishna uh, movie, Hare Krishna movie. It was very well appreciated by people of in uh, pilgrims in Tirumala. We had very best prasadam. Now the uh, laddu, now you go there, you get a laddu this size. Huh? This size laddu, maybe now you are getting. We got laddus this size. Not less than that. And uh, all the best, like this Shakar Pongal and uh, the, the, this uh, Dahi Bhat. No, uh, so we took so much. <laughs> I, remember, I remember we were not eating anything else. We took so much of this Sakar Pongal and, uh, and the curd rice and his ladus. We are completely filled up with this. They gave us so much pasadam, maha pasadam. <laughs> very good reception. And Prabhupada told us he was very much impressed by the administration of the temple. And he told his disciples, um, like Tamar Krishna Goswami, he told that you can take example of TTD. You take example. How they are managing this temple. And you can do the same type of management for ISKCON. So Prabhupada gave that advice. TTD, ideal management. He was impressed. Uh, what about meeting with leaders of the Madhva and Ramanuja Sampradayas? Yes, yes, we have especially <laughs> Madhvas. We met many of them and uh, we had Where? In yeah. Chennai? Bangalore. Bangalore, Chennai. I can tell a few stories. <laughs> we had great friendship, especially with the Madhvas. The three Vaishnavas, they, we are coming, we are dressed like that, no? We offer respect to each other, and uh, they give us a big smile. They are very happy to see us. They give us, they give us Karnamrita, some Mahaprasad. But it's not like what with the Madhvas. Madhvas, they are more than that. They like to argue. Three Vaishnavas, generally, they don't argue so much in philosophy. But the Madhvas, they like it so much. And we also like it. Achudanda Swami, myself, at that time, Akoyananda also was there, Basugosh also sometime. <coughs> so, whenever we used to go to Chennai, uh, for collection, of course, we go there for collection. So we used to see the Dharma Prakash. Dharma Prakash was established by the Das Prakash Hotel. Das Prakash belongs to a very prominent Madhva family. 
At that time, Mr. K. Balakrishna Rao, very prominent member of the Madhva community, a very big businessman, hotel, hotel owner. So about half kilometer from his hotel on the Punamali High Road, there is Dharma Prakash that is used for marriages. And they have some guest rooms. So whenever we were in Chennai, we used to stay at the Dharma Prakash. On the ground floor of Dharma Prakash, there is a printing press where um, a magazine called Dharma Prakash is published every month at that time. And the secretary of Dharma Prakash, his name was at that time, Mr. Raghupati Rao. This Raghupati Rao, <laughs> he was very much uh, argumentative, very much. And uh, we had many, many arguments with him. But sometimes friendly, sometimes little, uh, little uh, angry mood. Sometimes it used to come to the border <laughs> of anger, especially from his side. And I think sometimes Basugosh, and especially I think Akoyana Swami, Akoyananda, was also sometimes angry. But uh, anyway, he was quite friendly. But he used to argue so much. And he was a very staunch Madhva follower. And uh, no, some of the arguments regarding the, what is called, this Trivida uh, Jiva <coughs> That's a very big argument we had. It went on for many weeks, many months. And uh, we don't accept that the jivas are different. Bodies are different, not the jivas. Jivas in themselves, the jivatma, are all the same in the animals, in the plants, in the human beings. All the jivas are same. On the earth planet, in heaven, in the hell, the same jivas are everywhere. There is no distinction. It is only a question of bodily you know, envelope, just like a dress. You have the underwear and you have the out, no, outer garment. The underwear is a subtle body. And this is a gross body. But the Madhvas, they have this peculiar doctrine of Trivida Jiva Tattva. This is very peculiar because it is not held by the Ramanujas. It's not held by any other Vaishnava. Nor any other Vaishnava Sampadaya. Nor, nor even the... Uh Shankara Sampra, I mean, it's... That is, of course. No, but I mean, <laughs> among the followers of Vedanta... No Vedantist. Yeah, no Vedanta no themselves. And it, and it totally... Hare Krishna. Then there's no use to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, according no to their philosophy. <coughs> so I don't know how I can talk loudly. My voice is very... Oh, <laughs> it's going out, huh? Once in... I was I had a bookstall in front of Iskon Abids. This was about early 1980s. Just people coming on the street. Someone came up to me and said, uh, what's your understanding of this Madhva's doctrine of the three kinds of jivas? So I said, well, what's the praman? And he said, Trividha Bhavati Shraddha Dehinam... What is it? Yes, yes. Trividha Bhavati Shraddha Dehinam So I said, you see, it says Dehinam. That only refers to the body. Yes. The jiva is... The jiva is 
in, in the body, according to the body, then he has different kinds of shraddha. He was very happy. He said, I asked your guru that, Prabhupada. He gave the same answer. It's a big... Yeah, please go on. Yes, yes. But yeah, so, this, this philosophy, then uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then he's, he, there's no such thing as Patita Pavana. You have Bhagavad Gita here? Now I can mention some... First verse of chapter so, 17. Yeah. Arguments back and forth regarding this uh, dispute, philosophical dispute, which uh, no Vedantists accept differentiation between jivas. But the Madhvas are very much convinced that there is actually three kinds of jivas. Tamasic, Rajasic, and Satvic. And they quote from various scriptures. So we can also follow their quotations because for us it is also uh, important to know the other viewpoints. We have differences with the Sri Sampradaya, with the Madhvas. We have many common points. We have also differences. And it is very important to know their viewpoints on various aspects even though it may be different so that we can try to uh, um, find out what is the ultimate conclusion. One thing with the Sri Vaishnavas, there's differences but they're almost always they don't make a big thing of it they're very friendly. But with the Madhvas it's... The Madhvas Madhva are very Madhva, staunch. If, not, if you don't believe Madhva then you're going to hell. That's it. They, they will hell. not budge an inch Whereas in the Ramanura Sampadaya, they will, uh, no, just like a cat on the wall, no, going here and there. They don't mind mixing with everybody. But the Madhvas are very staunch. I mean, I can tell a lot about that. How they are so uh, opposing to the impersonalist Sankaracharya followers. They are, they, they don't accept Sankaracharya is a great sannyasi, great acharya. They say he is a demon. He is the incarnation of Kalanemi. And when they go to no bathroom, they, they utter mantras uh, against uh, Sankaracharya. They are passing stool on uh, Yes, yes. So they are 100%. They are very staunch. They will not tolerate anything that goes little aside from their philosophy. And that I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate. And they are very able, they are very learned, and it is a great opportunity to speak to them and to understand and to try to have our convictions deeper. Now, here is a quotation from Bhagavad Gita. So, of course, Trivida Bhavati Sraddha. That is one thing. That is a second sloka. But more important than that, Sattva Nurupa Sarvasya, Sraddha Bhavati Bharata, Sraddha Mayoyam Purushaha. Yoyat Sraddha Saiva Saha. That they will quote ten times, just like I remember in Hyderabad, uh, not in, yeah, in Hyderabad, Prabhupada used to discuss with some 
journalist. And the journalist was having some uh, Mayavadi conceptions. He was telling to Sri Prabhupada, now you are worshipping the deities, all right, that is very good. This is a sattvic, pious activity. But at the time of self-realization, this worship can be given up. And Sri Prabhupada immediately countered, he opposed this statement. And he was quoting from Bhagavad Gita. Um, that Nityam um, no from the ninth chapter twelfth chapter no and you have I forgot right now I forgot some very well known sloka no no that is against the Mayavadis, yes. But uh, some other sloka to indicate that devotional service is eternal. It is not something that you do at the time of sadhana and when you are, your consciousness is elevated, when you become self-realized, then you give up devotional service. No. Um, so, uh, yes, Prabhupada used to quote this uh, sloka. I was there, so I remember very clearly. But uh, now I have forgotten. Well, that's chapter 12. I you said chapter 9. Yeah, chapter 12. Oh. Anyway, where it is, uh, Lord Krishna says that uh, those who are devotees, they worship me always. Always engaged in my worship, oh, in my service. Huh? Ah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Nitya Yukta Upasati. This fellow, this reporter, was telling, no, 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 right now, no, this, you are doing very good. Yeah, this is very good. Deity worship, chanting Hare Krishna, very good. That is now for the beginners. For, and Prabhupada used to, no, Nitya Yukta Upasati. Twenty times. And finally, reporter was speechless. He could not say anything. That is very clear. Not for a few years. Life after life. Eternally. Like that. So these madhvas, they are so staunch like this. Very strong. And... <coughs> Whatever Madhva's books have been written by Madhvacharya, the same comment the commentaries have been done in the same line, same philosophy has been uh, going on for 800 years now. They have not deviated, at least in their philosophy, in the practice. It is very difficult to follow strictly, but their philosophical conclusions are very faithful to Madhvacharya and this I can appreciate. That's why I had great regard, great respect for the Madhvas even though sometimes we were arguing so much. But they also, they lack arguments and they, in their own way also, they liked us like 
the Raghupati Rao, the secretary, he told me, okay, we shall print your viewpoint about the nature of the jiva. So I wrote an article, and the next issue, they printed that this is the nature of the jiva according to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, showing, my, they reproduced my article, that there is only one category of jiva. I've given many quotations, many arguments, and they have, uh, they have uh, reproduced that article. In the ne next article, <laughs> opposing article came yeah. They published many of our articles in, yes. Uh, yes, yes. in Dharma Prakash. Prabhupada, yes, they published his articles. Yes yes. yes, yes. Yes, yes. I remember that um, in Bangalore, Achutananda Swami gave a lecture at the, it was the seat of uh, the Madhvas, all the Madhva Pandits, I think, Madhva Association, Brahmin Association, yes, Madhva Brahmin Association. And it was very well attended, it was very good publicity, and only Madhva Brahmins came, nobody else. And there were about 200, at least 200 in the hall, and Achudananda Swami started his lecture. And they were very attentive, very respectful. And uh, Achudananda Swami uh, knew how to speak for them also. And uh, he mentioned that in Kali Yuga it is very difficult to establish <coughs> Vaishnav Dharma because there are so many opposing elements, especially Sankaracharya. So we need very strong acharyas to preach the message of Lord Krishna, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Then Achutananda Swami said, this is why Hanuman himself came as Madhvacharya. Just like that, no. Hanuman came as Madhvacharya. They were so happy to hear this. They, all of them immediately they got up and for 10 minutes ovation to Ajahnasa. They were surprised that all oh, this Swamiji, American Swamiji, he knows, he knows that Hanuman has come as Madhvai. He knows. So they were happy to see that we also know Madhva's philosophy and who is Madhvacharya, we also know. So from Vayu, Bhima, Hanuman, I mean Hanuman and then Bhima and then Madhva, that is the uh, succession of avatars. And uh, Achunana Swami glorified Madhvacharya in that manner and he received an ovation. You can consider these people, they are the most orthodox among the Madhva community. All the Pandits, the Brahmins, they, they were very, no, very orthodox, especially uh, look, seeing that who are these Americans and uh, Europeans, how they have joined, the, how they have become Vaishnavas, how they have become Brahmanas, how, how he became a sannyasi, how is it possible? But when they heard lecture, they were transformed it was, it was a complete transformation in their consciousness. So uh, that's how powerful 
I should understand his lecture well. So we are very fortunate to be present on those occasions, and I can remember very clearly all these occasions. You want to rest now? No rest, but my voice is... Okay, we'll break up in 10 or 15 minutes anyway. Um, now you've spoken about some public response. Were, were some people against us also? I remember some people, they didn't, they, like you said, they said, how can, you, how can you Westerners be Hindus? You can't be Brahmins. There was opposition in Madras. Some of these uh, Orthodox members of the Madras society, they objected that how these people have become Brahmanas. Madras, they were objecting. Huh? Madras. Madras. Not necessarily Madras. Smarters. Smarters. Mostly Smarters. And members of the general public. Yes, there was opposition in Madras. And some articles came in the newspaper. Even, of course, there was opposition from the Godiamat in Madras. Unfortunately, also, from our own family, there was also opposition. They criticized Prabhupada yes, in, the, yes. in the newspaper. Yes, yes, came in newspapers. The head of the mat, I don't like to mention his name. He's he wrote an article. Huh? He's still alive. <laughs> in Mayapur. He changed yeah, all. yeah, yeah. He's still, He's still in Mayapur now. And uh, he also he read Krishna book. And uh, in Krishna book, there is a statement by Srila Prabhupada that Putana got the same position as in Goloka Vrindavan, as the gopis, same position as a mother of Krishna, uh, I mean, uh, same position as the elderly gopis, as a mother of Krishna. So he became very upset to see this statement. For him, Putana did not become a mother. I, I think uh, as she became a nurse, but there is no difference between nurse and mother. So anyway, he objected uh, that this is complete nonsense. Like he also objected to our kirtan, <laughs> telling our kirtan is very loud and uh, no very bad sound. Uh, he didn't like our kirtan like that. So, <laughs> the opposition uh, in Madras, of course, in North India, so in Brindavan, of course, Brindavan, there was a lot of opposition. When Bhakti, in your book also I've read, <laughs> Opposition to Bhakti Sinatra Saraswati, when he used to have Nagar Kirtan in the streets of Brindavan, all the shopkeepers were closing their shutters. You read the book, huh? But otherwise, in South India, otherwise, it was a very good reception everywhere. A lot of uh, curiosity at the beginning, people were curious to see these American and European disciples and uh, they like to see the kirtan bhajan going on and uh, like that many of them became life members.
that was surprising in the sense that there was a lot of caste. I mean, the caste consciousness was very, very strong at that time in South India. Yes, of course. But Prabhupada's has... I mean, these people, we'd stay in their houses and they'd feed us and everything, but they wouldn't, you know, from their perspective, we are lower than the lowest caste, and they would never let lower caste people, they never invite them into their home, feed them with the same food, but they accept, it's, it's very, uh, very <coughs> great step for them actually to accept our devotees in that way. Yes. <coughs> but there's a change of consciousness when they see these uh, Westerners uh, happily chanting and dancing in the streets and on the stage. Certainly there's a change in their attitude. And they start to wonder, how is it possible? They are asking questions, how is it possible? These people have become Vaishnava, is it fake? Or is it true? Maybe fake. Maybe just temporarily like that. Uh, just like, you know, they, they have uh, changed their lifestyle. Again, after one month, after one year, again, they become hippies or something else. Um, so they may have some doubts. But those who followed year after year how our movement has progressed in South India or all over India, then certainly they don't have the same opinion as they had before. So it depends on the type of people. Those who are most orthodox, they had great difficulty to accept us. But those who were in the Sri Vaishnavas, there's somewhat liberal-mindedness, and they tend to accept also. They, they, I think they give diksha to um, in lower caste. Um, they have this tradition. And of course, along the Madhva, Talking about the Madras, there are two Sampadayas in the Madras. Uh, one is the Brahmin, Brahmin Kula, Brahmin Sampadaya, and the other one is the this uh, Dasakuta, Dasakuta Sampadaya. Dasakuta. So for the Madras, they consider. Yes, the Hare Krishna movement, they are just like the Dasakutas of Purandaradas and uh, Kanakadas, uh, like that. They stay for everyone. Same movement also in Pandaripur. Uh, all people from all castes can join this Sankirtan movement. This is good. This is all right. In this way, the Madhvas also did accept us in that manner. You were there at Prabhupada's disappearance, or just after you came, was it? No, Prabhupada's disappearance, I was in Hyderabad, and we came to know about the disappearance of Srila Prabhupada by telegram. Of course, we knew, I mean, Prabhupada's health condition, because there was regular reports sent by Tamal Krishna Goswami. So we were very well aware uh, of Prabhupada's condition. But finally the telegram came, and uh, uh, that's how we got the news. So immediately we took, I took a train to Vrindavan and went to Vrindavan. So I was there for the Parikrama. We went to Govardhan, Radhakund, with a Prabhupada's Murti, small Murti, everywhere along Govardhan.
Would anyone else like to ask any questions to Ananda Mai Prabhu about the early days of ISKCON as he remembers it? No? Well, it's still the early days of ISKCON. <laughs> it's still the early days of ISKCON. Not, not that early, but yes, it's still a hopefully burgeoning movement, and yeah, things are expanding, but there's a lot more work to do. So these get-togethers, just like we're having here, that's to help nourish the devotees' spiritual life, <coughs> the knowledge of Krishna consciousness, their orientation in Krishna consciousness. That means their direction. Um, their feelings for each other and for Krishna. Matchita madgata prana bodhayanta parasparam katayantas jamanitang tushyanti charamanticha. Lord Krishna says, my devotees, they, uh, their lives are dedicated to me. They're always thinking of me. They take great pleasure in discussing about me among themselves. So these camps are for that. And then also we have the dadati pratigrihnati, guhyamakyati prichati, bhungte bhojayate chayeva, Shadvita Priti Lakshanam. So love for Krishna and love among devotees are exchanged in six basic ways. Offering a gift, <coughs> receiving a gift if it's offered, uh, revealing one's mind in confidence and questioning devotees, then uh, offering prasad to others, receiving prasad for, from others. And in this way, devotees, Priti, their loving feelings develop among themselves. So... Th is for developing our Krishna consciousness and our appreciation for each other. And we want to expand this so that more and more people uh, can take advantage of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy and join Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement. Srila <coughs> Prabhupada has kindly preached all over the world and revived India's spiritual culture, which was in very bad condition in many ways. Like you were saying in, in Calcutta, the, the students, they had Prabhupada in their midst and they were, they were so demoniac that they were, they were threatening violence to Prabhupada. Such a bad situation. So there's much work to do in spreading Krishna consciousness. So please do it. Bharata bhumite hoyedo manusha janvaja janva shata kori koro poro upaka. Those of you who are fortunate to have taken birth in the land of India in human bodies, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has a special order for you. Sometimes devotees come and they ask, Do you have any special instruction? Well, of course, every instruction is special. Chant Hare Krishna, that's very special. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's audio for all Indians, as Prabhupada would often repeat, is to yourself become fixed in Krishna consciousness 
and spread it to others. So please do that. Yesterday there was a question that well, why do we have to associate with devotees? Why do we have to go to the temple? We can just stay at home and do deity worship at home. No. This is a very neophyte stage. You have to go out and spread Krishna consciousness to others. That is required. So, Hare Krishna. The next session is at 4 o'clock, right? And now, we're just quoting Sanskrit slok, Bhungte Bhojayate Chaiva. It's time for prasadam. So take prasadam. Hare Krishna, Hare Hare Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Hare. Srila Prabhupada, Jai. Everyone's invited to take books. We have Telugu, Srimad Bhagavatam. Take that, read that. We have all of Prabhupada's books here in English and various, uh, in Telugu and other languages. Um, Srinam Amrita, I'm recommending that. Devotees ask how to improve their chanting. Just read a little from this book every day. And then we, we're reminded about the importance of chanting the holy names. And automatically we'll be more attentive in our chanting. I also have written some books. They're available here. And there are uh, books on Van Ashram by Bhakti Raghav Swami and his disciples available here. There are also CDs and DVDs of my lectures available. So... The camp is just for three days, but take take home with you spiritual food to remain spiritually nourished.